Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're here today at a venue that has become familiar to regular listeners. We're in Houston, Texas. The event, the ASI International Convention. It's 2017. The month is August. We've got another amazing show lined up. Great guests. Across from me, we're starting out by talking about exercise and some amazing benefits that exercise offers for both mental, spiritual, and physical health. Rich Constantinescu is across from me. Rich, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here, Dr. DeRose. Now, you've got a, uh, a very long name, and for those of us who've traveled to Eastern Europe, it seems to have all the hallmarks of a Romanian last name. Is, is that uh, your, your roots? Correct. Yes, Constantine overcame our country, and so I got his name, Constantine Escu. Okay. <laughs> So, Rich, you've got a very, very interesting background. We uh, featured a group called Your Best Pathway to Health on a previous show that we recorded here. They've got a large area here in the exhibit hall. They've been doing these free clinics throughout the country. You have a relationship with that group. You're in a key role with them. Tell us a little bit about that first. Well, Pathway to Health is a free medical clinic that travels around and helps people in cities, big cities across the world. And I'm the director of chaplaincy services, which is the emotional, spiritual component of the clinic. Now, you're not a newcomer to chaplaincy work or to the interface between emotional and spiritual health and physical health because you worked with uh, an organization that uh, really has done some amazing work over the years called Weimar Institute and their New Start program. Some of our listeners have heard about New Start and Weimar. Others haven't. Tell us a little bit about that program first and then about your role in it. The New Start program is a live-in lifestyle program that generally takes about 18 days to complete in the foothills of Northern California. And people come there with various challenges stemming from lifestyle issues, and they find that their quality of life improves drastically, uh, even more so uh, many times than they were getting with their medications Mm. uh, before and when they arrived, uh, when they leave without many of those medications that they don't have to take because of their lifestyle. And so my role was a support, emotional and spiritual support for those that uh, wanted to know how to come to grips with some of the difficulties in their lives that were adjacent to their physical condition. Now, a lot of folks uh, came through Weimar, and, and I know uh, by firsthand experience, many of my listeners may be aware that I was on the staff there at Weimar for about four years. They would come seeking physical help. They had diabetes, maybe severe diabetes, bad neuropathy. Maybe they had even had an amputation. Maybe they had heart disease or uh, high blood pressure was just out of control. So they're coming with these usually desperate physical situations. How often would it be that people would warmly receive or be receptive at all 
to kind of the spiritual and emotional dimension? Do people typically recognize their need for that? The emotional and the physical are a two-way street. And how we treat our bodies and how we feel physically ultimately determines how we think and how we feel emotionally. Mm. And so there is a definite link between the two. And when one improves, the other will improve. And so those two need to be increased at the same time. And so I, I found that uh, people are interested in more than just physical health. They want to know how to have stronger minds, to be more productive, uh, to be more effective in their relationships, and just to navigate the problems of life along with uh, having better health. Now, I'm speculating about the chronology. You will correct me if I'm wrong. I know that you served as the chaplain, as you've mentioned, at the Weimar New Start program. I'm assuming that occurred prior to you taking that role at the Best Pathway to Health? Correct. So you have this experience working with people in this arena, and you've actually done some significant research looking at these connections and looking at lifestyle practices and how it has a bearing on our whole person health, right? I have, because I'm, I'm concerned about how people feel, and that's really a big reason why people want to be healthy, is they want to feel well, they want to have a sense of well-being, and that impacts all the areas of their life, uh, their relationships, their job, their raising of their kids, or their, their friends. And so I, I, uh, I'm interested in anything that will help people to feel better and to have those higher quality experiences in their life. So yes, I've, I've uh, looked into some of the research that shows the definite link uh, between exercise and physical decisions mm -hmm. to how we feel in our emotional stability. Well, let's talk about that because most people think of exercise, they say, well, the main value of exercise, build muscle, maybe exercise has value for my, my mental health. Uh, a person may be aware that there's mood elevating effects uh, or mood stabilizing effects in the case of anxiety with exercise. But as far as more than that, you're talking about some really profound benefits from exercise. Help us to see that, Rich. Well, exercise, not only in the physical, but in our choices and how we utilize our resources. And let me explain. Please. The interesting thing about living things is that they run and they operate on a principle that's far elevated above inanimate things all around us. For example, uh, oftentimes old vintage cars are discovered in an unused state because they've been in a barn or a garage mm -hmm. and they sell for high amounts of money because they're still operable or they don't take as much uh, renovation. And so people can make millions of dollars off of these unused artifacts. But the human body and our lives as living organisms and, and living creatures are different than mm. something that's inanimate. There's a principle called self-sacrifice and that is giving of yourself and expending energy in order to receive more and there has to be this this cycle of giving in order to receive and so for example the dead sea is the the lowest spot on earth and that is called the dead sea because nothing really lives there and oftentimes people they don't really have any joy or hope living in their hearts because they don't have any outlets. They don't have anywhere to expend their energy, maybe exercise-wise, physically, mm -hmm. or uh, they're keeping all their blessings to themselves. They're hoarding their benefits, their talents, their influence, their means. And 
yet life is produced by giving. And so uh, one, of the, one of the key components to uh, understanding how exercise benefits is that it improves circulation. So for example, our brains can actually gain new blood vessel channels mm-hmm. by exercising. Our hippocampi in our brains, the hippocampus that we each have, can actually increase in size that deals with memory mm-hmm. um, just by using it and by exercising. This is fascinating stuff, and I'm trying to make sure we're processing all of this because physical exercise has so many benefits, but most people would not think intuitively that if I exercise, it's going to help my memory. You're saying just just by virtue of doing physical activity, my memory will actually be better, or at least my mental capacity to remember will be improved? Absolutely. It has been shown that exercise decreases inflammation, uh-huh. and it also increases the pathways for the blood to flow in the body as well as the brain. So you're improving circulation in general. You're setting yourself up for better outcomes as far as memory. Now, I'm trying to tie this in, Rich, because you gave us a number of insights. I'm coming back to that analogy that you gave us with the Dead Sea, and I'm just trying to make sure I've got this. You're somehow trying to get me and my listeners to make a connection. You talked about self-sacrifice, so that's exerting yourself, if you will, for other people. And the Dead Sea, lowest point on Earth, that means that all waters flow into it, nothing flows out. Correct. So your point is, because it's not giving, it's stagnating. Correct. And you're making that analogy with us as humans, that we've got to give to live optimally. Yes. Activity is the condition for life. Okay, so the bridge to exercise is somewhat metaphorical as well as literal. You're saying, I need to exercise my giving. I need to exercise my my service, even if that service may be hosting a radio show. Is that part of an application, or am I somehow going the wrong direction? Yes, correct. It's counterintuitive because our bank accounts, normally, if you give, uh, you have less in there. Right, right. And... Everything that we know of that's around us that's finite decreases with use. Mm -hmm. And yet that's not how it is. When we're tired, we actually may need some exercise. Mm. And it's counterintuitive, but that principle is very valuable because that actually transfers into our relationships. And if we give to other people, if we we focus on blessing and giving of Mm. ourselves, just like we feel better when we come back from exercising... We feel better when we give to other people. That's clearly uh, something I've seen in my own life. But you're saying there's actually research showing emotional benefits when we give to others, when we help other people? Absolutely. Yes, there has been much, much research about that. The idea that income, for example, brings higher levels of happiness has been disproven with the with a high rate of increase of income, for example, in Japan. Hmm. Um, And yet happiness levels did not only not increase, but they decreased during that time of high increase of income levels. Interesting. Receiving more does not mean that we are happier, just like eating more doesn't make us happy without appropriate exercise and expenditure. So basically what you're connecting us with is really 
from my vantage point, a native value, this kind of holistic view of life. It's not just taking, but it's giving back. It's sharing. It's being in touch with community, right? Because I'm not an isolated individual who just tries to achieve all I can, that I'm in relationship with others and I'm giving. So coming back to physical exercise then, I'm trying to make sure I've got the connection in mind here, Rich. So what you're saying is if we understand this principle of giving to live, then we'll understand better when it comes to the physical realm, including the physical aspect of our our brain, which then encompasses mental health, that I've got to be giving, expending energy in physical activity to have optimal benefit. Is that kind of where we're going with the dialogue? Yes, we need to give in order to receive. Mm -hmm. And it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so as a chaplain, I notice that the same physical law of giving in the universe that exercise gains someone, that if they exercise, they actually end up with more energy, that same law transfers into the spiritual and emotional Mm. realm. And it's it's really a life changer because, uh, like, for example, I had a friend that uh, was convinced that exercise was good for him, but he didn't feel like exercising many times. And he would literally dress himself in his running gear, stand on his driveway, and talk himself into going to exercise, Hmm. saying his name out loud to himself and saying, you need to go because you're going to feel better afterwards. And that that principle of self-discipline, that Mm -hmm. this is true, it's going to work, it's going to help me, always paid off afterwards. And those that have a regular exercise program, uh, just, you know, 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, they know that that works. Mm-hmm. And so taking that into our real life's, our life's challenges, when we have difficulties and we, we don't feel like giving of ourselves, mm-hmm. we, we'd rather just kind of get into, into our own corner and not, not really give of ourselves, and, of our resources or our talents and serving others. We can make the same decision there as we did in our physical realm and find the same benefits in return that we got in the physical realm. Rich Constantinescu is giving us some uh, profound insights that I'm honest with you. I'm still trying to fathom all these uh, connections that he's making. We want to really explore these in more detail because physical exercise is something that has profound benefits, but he's telling us with some enthusiasm and some insights that are much larger than just the importance of getting out there and putting on your running shoes. Stay tuned. We're going to be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose in Houston, Texas. That's where we're recording this show. Across from me still is Rich Constantinescu. He is not alone. He is now joined by a colleague of his. Rich, who do we now have with us in our virtual studio? We're joined with Dr. Jill Carlson. She's a John Hopkins-trained psychiatrist, and she'll be of great use to us as we continue talking about how exercise helps our emotional as well as our physical well-being. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Jill, it is really great to have you. Uh, you know, one of the things I've found in just uh, kind of recapping where we, we were, Rich and I, is that a lot of times there's these great connections and we can get very enthusiastic about them as, as health professionals, people working with, with individuals. But sometimes the average listener, the average layperson, the average patient is kind of struggling to say, well, what are these you know, professionals talking about? They're talking about giving and getting benefit from sharing with other people. Then they're trying to tie them with physical exercise. I really think we're on to some exciting information. I know Rich realizes that because you've been doing this with people for years, right? And you've been seeing the impact. Correct. As a psychiatrist, talking about these connections, the two that we've been talking about, and I know you haven't been listening with us from the top of the hour, Jill, is one, giving, sharing with other people, not just being inwardly focused, how that can help us, and then especially physical activity, expending our energy in a way that we might think would deplete our reserves. Rich is saying, the research is saying, actually energizes us, makes our, our brain healthier. Right. As a psychiatrist, as you're listening to that recap of our dialogue, what resonates with you? Well, there's several aspects of that that are very interesting. One thing specifically is that uh, there is research that has been done with a uh, group in the Midwest who got rid of their complete competitive sports. Oh, okay. And they got rid of that, and instead they had everybody doing aerobic exercise for 
I, it was either 30 or 60 minutes a day. Uh-huh. And what happened that was surprising to a lot of people was that their national test scores, the scores that they have that competes with all globally, mm-hmm. it went way up. It was huh. the top of the nation. And that was the single thing that they did. So that tells us that per- regularly perfusing your brain with exercise, which of, uh, you're going to have to have oxygen per- uh, perfusing the brain better, uh-huh. makes your head work better, and you're able to learn better and retain better, and therefore score better on any kind of test. So if you want to improve your ability to remember things, mm-hmm. ability to learn things, exercise is crucial for that, and it's been proven. So I'm a little bit uh, hung up on this connection between the competitive exercise and the aerobic. Was Presumably the competitive sports were a lot of the times you were just sitting there watching and you weren't as active. Is that the idea? Correct. This was solid, continuous 30 minutes of aerobic exercise okay. versus, you know, whether you're playing baseball or or football, there's a lot of bursts of speed, but there's not the aerobic exercise that happens with, uh, yes, exactly. Continuous exercise, whether it's walking, running, swimming. Correct. So, Rich, this is really what you're talking about, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we, uh, we also see that in the uh, runner's high, okay. uh, where there's a continuous appropriate amount of stress that's placed upon the body for could be 50 minutes or 40 minutes or around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then endorphins are released. And these are chemicals in the brain that help us to think better. And what's very interesting, Dr. DeRose, is that scientists have found, and they've even co- coined a name for this kind of high. It's not a runner's high. It's called the helper's high. Huh. And they've established a definite link uh, for decades now between helping behavior and the release of oxytocin, uh-huh. which prevents high levels of cortisol, uh, which is very bad for our physical health as well as our mental health. And they call it the helper's high that's gained, kind of like the runner's high, by giving. Okay, so let me see if I've got this. What you're telling us, Rich, is that when I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, I'm a quadriplegic, I'm not able to do much physical exercise, I can get a similar benefit by getting on the phone and encouraging someone as a helper. Am I making that connection? Is that right? That is exactly right. In fact, in one study, according to the Huffington Post, uh, one of the articles that they posted, 19 reasons to help others. In one study, people with multiple sclerosis were trained to provide compassionate support just for 15 minutes a month to fellow sufferers Mm -hmm. and the result was that the helpers felt more self-confident better self-esteem experienced less depression that was just 15 minutes a month of helping other people so this helper's high is real when we give of ourselves to other people we take our attention off ourselves and it's it's this divine life principle that's not found in the inanimate world around us that when we give we actually receive we don't just spend now, Jill, as a psychiatrist, right. is my understanding you especially work with child psychiatry? I split my time between child and adolescent work and adult work. Okay, so, so you, you do the whole gamut. Everything up until, yeah, the from, elderly. From cradle to grave, as they, as they say? Almost. Okay, <laughs> and uh, so, so here's the idea. You hear what, what Rich is talking yes. about. You're in the trenches. You're yes. dealing with people with mental health issues. Correct. 
Is this something that you educate your patients on? Absolutely. Um, what happens if you are self-focused, you just get stuck in a negative loop. Mm. This actually brings up a different thing that's just recently been demonstrated is that protective things for suicide, mm-hmm. people who are suicidal, if they are connected into a community, if they are giving and receiving support, whether it be church community or whether it be uh, neighborhood community, mm-hmm. it's that, that giving aspect that protects them if they have suicidal ideations and they don't actually act on them. So mm-hmm. the thought may come into their head, but they don't act on them at all, which is it's a very nice thing to know when you're talking with people who every day who are coming in saying, you know, life's not worth living. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go and you tell them that, you know, as long as they're connected to a community, that's a really a really positive and beneficial thing for them. And to talk about what Rich was saying, you know, you get the increase in oxytocin and a decrease in the cortisol. The cortisol is what the stress hormone is. And everybody, you know, there's plenty of stress to be had for everybody, but it's something that you can physically, conscientiously do to Mm -hmm. decrease your stress level is to give to others and to uh, get out and exercise. So basically, what I hear us doing is we're really connecting with indigenous peoples because when we talk about the tribe, the clan, the community, uh, this emphasis is actually protective. Absolutely. Very much so. And a lot of people would go so far as to say the resilience of Native Americans partly relates to their social structure. Their sense of community. Mm -hmm. It's very strong and a very big portion of their how they identify um, with also its strong spiritual component tremendous tremendous now we've mentioned several times oxytocin and for those who just have some basic physiology going back many years they say wait oxytocin isn't that the mother's hormone with nursing or something and why are we talking about oxytocin rich well oxytocin uh, like we've discussed it inhibits this stress hormone Mm-hmm. and it helps us to feel better. Uh, there are hormones in our brains, oxytocin being one of them, uh, that, that help us to feel better. And so helping us to feel better makes us more apt to be uh, accomplishing what we need to accomplish in our lives and relationships. Now, I am by no means an expert in uh, brain hormones, but from the little I've read, Jill, it seems that oxytocin seems to have a profound role in trust that, uh, Establishing connections. Okay. Yeah, attachment. So basically, trusting relationships seem to boost oxytocin, and then oxytocin in itself helps us to trust better. Absolutely. So really, we're talking about a, um, sometimes we call it a feed-forward cycle, where the more I give, the more I'm... Receiving. Receiving, right? And this is Correct. Correct. An ancient teacher uh, once taught that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hmm. And that is a principle that is so true. In fact, one time, just a quick story yeah, for please, our listeners. Please. I was traveling across the mountains of California back from Lake Tahoe to where I lived, and there was a snowstorm. And it was a very discouraging evening because wow. we didn't have snow chains, and we were oh cold, my. and it was dark, and it was dangerous. Uh-huh. And there was traffic that was just two and a half hours just to go two miles, basically. Oh, wow. And um, when we got to where we had to put the chains on, 
Um, we didn't have them on right, and it was a very stressful circumstance. Uh-huh. My hands were hurting to stretch the, the chains over the tires, and I had four kids that were asking me, when are we there? <laughs> and um, it was a dark end to our weekend. But when we passed over that high point of the mountains with our chains and we, we pulled over to take them off, a lady approached me. She was also on the side of the road, and she looked at me with this pleading expression, and she said, do you know how to take chains off? Huh. And I said, did you pay someone to put yours on? She said, yes. I said, no problem. I'll help you. <laughs> she uh-huh. didn't know how to take them off because she didn't put them on. Right, right. And when I helped that family, I felt so good that I was mm. actually grateful that I had gone through all that experience. And Amazing. So the difficulties that we have in our lives can actually be mitigated Wow. by uh- the helping high that amazing principle of giving and receiving. We have to step away just briefly. Are you folks able to stay by just for another segment with us? You're talking about some great stuff. It's all coming together. I'm excited. Hopefully you're grabbing some things that you can use. We're going to be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Don't go away. More after this. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So, whether it's around your neighborhood... Or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose for our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. 
Across from me in the exhibit hall in Houston, Texas, Rich Constantinescu. He is the chaplain for your best pathway to health. And next to him, Jill Carlson, board-certified psychiatrist, sharing their insights about giving and receiving and physical activity, connecting us with Native wisdom, giving us modern-day research that First Nation peoples have uh, intuitively known for centuries. Rich, you have looked into this because you've been working with individuals, both in treatment centers and in these community programs where you're impacting the lives of hundreds and thousands of people. What other things have struck you as you've looked at the research on not only exercising ourselves emotionally, putting ourselves out spiritually, but also on physical activity? You know, these two are really connected, Dr. DeRose, because unless we're physically fit, we cannot fully give the attention that our family needs, that our friends and community need from us. And so I volunteer as the lead chaplain for the Pathway to Health organization that has these mega clinics. And every year we go to a city and we invite dentists and doctors to provide free services, Mm -hmm. giving away millions of dollars worth of services. But one thing that's very vital is you need to be healthy to be serving. And so I actually train, I actually exercise myself so that I can be ready to give to other people. But let me Mm -hmm. tell you, the high that I experience when I'm pounding that floor Mm -hmm. and I'm giving and I'm helping people receive free medical care at these clinics, sometimes I go for eight, nine miles just in one day, um, you know, looking at my my steps. Uh And I I have to wear... Sneakers. I have to wear running shoes. Okay. And it is you have to be in in a top physical condition. But the joy that I get from doing that is just like the high that you get from exercise. And so the two they go hand in hand. In mm. order to be a better servant and a helper of other people, you have to be physically healthy. But you can't be fully physically healthy unless you're serving other people. That goes hand. It goes hand in hand. Now, Jill, you working with people who have mental health disorders, mental health challenges. How important is it in your work as a psychiatrist to talk to people about physical exercise? Does that enter into the equation? It does. When I do an evaluation, I ask about all aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is necessary is to make sure that there aren't health reasons that are causing some of the mental uh, illness things that come about, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, you you name it. There are several things that are characteristic uh, physical illnesses that will cause the the, uh, symptoms of anxiety and such. Mm -hmm. So what I tend to do when I'm making the individual treatment plan, I talk about all the different things that can help them get better. Okay. And many times you have to go over it more than once because they're hearing it for the first time. So you talk to them, and and this is kind of off topic a bit, but you talk to them about all aspects of taking care of themselves, sleep, Mm -hmm. eating properly, drinking enough water, exercising regularly. And if they're not able to exercise a lot, then start out with something small, Mm -hmm. you know, walking Mm -hmm. a little while and increasing it gradually. Um, and sometimes when people come in, they don't have the capacity to, you know, go out and do something really vigorous. But to start out in small steps is important. It's better to start small and continue than to not get off the couch. No, I mean, that is such a great message. I know 
indigenous peoples historically have emphasized physical activity. I, I know some tribes, they even had a virtue of running, a value, you know, every morning, get out and run. So there's things like that. But in the modern Western culture that has kind of engulfed Indian country, many people have gotten into these sedentary ways, just like their uh, European neighbors, if you will. And they're struggling with mental health issues. And what I hear both of you saying is you need to reconnect. If you're listening today from Indian country, if you're a Native American, you need to value that tradition of not only being physically active, but also of giving back, of sharing, of being part of a community. And if you're not Native and you're tuning in today, we're saying those things are just as valuable for you, regardless of what your demographic background is. Rich and Jill, I know what makes all of this alive are stories, real-life examples. You've shared uh, some of the research. You've shared some stories from, from your own experience. Do other things come to mind that really drive these points home more powerfully? Rich? You know, Dr. DeRose, the difficult situations of life, when viewed through this lens of receiving through giving, we receive strength to go through them. Mm -hmm. And, for example, uh, one time I, I had a particularly difficult situation where I felt betrayal and, and a difficulty that I had to go through. Wow. And I had to go to the Psalms, to the Bible for support. Hmm. And I learned some verses that were, that were of great comfort to me personally that whenever I had that difficulty, I instead directed my mind to the promise. And one time I was in a counseling session and someone came in with a very difficult circumstance that reminded me of my difficult circumstance. Okay. And I shared some of these promises with them. Mm -hmm. And she looked at those promises and looked at me at the end of that session and she said, you have helped me more than any medication. Wow through this. And I realized that my personal suffering and my difficulties that I go through, as I overcome them, as I, mm -hmm. with God's help, overcome them, I am able now to help someone else. And it mm -hmm. gives purpose and it gives meaning and courage. No, that is such a tremendous insight because oftentimes people ask the question, why me? Why am I going through this? Correct. And what I hear you sharing very eloquently, Rich, is that when we go through difficulties, as we surmount those difficulties through the creator's power through applying these principles that we're talking about we have an experience that we can use to encourage other people with Correct. jill as a psychiatrist i know people look to you to help them in some of the most extreme mental health situations yes how does all of this come full circle for you personally um, I like what uh, Rich was saying about sharing experiences. Sometimes when people come in, they are able to verbalize and talk about the issues that are bothering them and know that they're doing something that will help them advance and get better. Mm -hmm. Just the act of coming in and speaking about it mm -hmm. and knowing that there is a professional there that can help them to get back to a well state is very helpful for them. So I will talk to them at the beginning, and they do. They walk out feeling much better, and they have hope. And that's another aspect that's mm -hmm. really, really important when you're thinking about our emotions, the way that we think. Hope is a very powerful thing, and mm -hmm. if you have hope that things are going to get better, you will continue to work. So you'll continue to go forward in life. If somebody gives you the, the advice that 
helping other people is going to make you feel better, you're more likely to be hopeful about that mm -hmm. and to try it out for yourself. You know, volunteer your time to help somebody that is unable to do things for themselves. Um, it's very powerful. You know, as we're talking here today, here at the ASI meetings, we've not only had a, a vibrant booth, uh, exhibit area, but there are also exhibits uh, outside of, of these halls, and then there are featured presentations. In one of those presentations last night, I remember a young man sharing his story with the drug addiction. And one of the things that struck me as we're talking now is he was saying how difficult it was for him to share that, hmm. to communicate, to talk with anyone about it. And he finally got the courage to share that with someone. And like you're sharing, Jill, when we have that support, when we, we open up to someone, this can be healing, can give us hope. Very much. What it ties in with now as we're speaking is this whole concept. Uh, you mentioned, Rich, this idea, this, uh, this, I think, equally validated concept of it being more blessed to give than to receive. The idea is if I am not willing to open up and share with someone, with a professional or whoever it might be, if I'm not willing to share my pain, my problem, I'm not being mean to someone not to burden them. I'm actually depriving them of being a blessing. So I'm going to get help from you, Jill, if I come in with my mental health disorder. But if I'm afraid to see you, if I'm ashamed... Then you're actually hurting yourself and your entire community. Yeah, it's amazing, Your isn't family. It? And that's one of the things that I talk with people about. Because sometimes they'll come in and they'll be kind of reluctant. And mm. I will say, you know, you mothers, I'll say, you know, you've really got to do this for your kids. If you can't mm. muster it up, to do it for yourself. You have to do it for your children because you have to be available for them. Wow. You have to do things for them. And being a woman and a mother myself, uh -huh. that resonates with the women who come in and talk with me. Uh, if you've got, you know, caregivers that come in and they're overwhelmed and such, you say, you really need to take care of yourself. You need to do things that, that sustain you and make you feel better so that you can be a better caregiver for whoever you're taking care of. So while it is more blessed to give when you're caring for somebody and that's your role as a caretaker, you also have to have that in balance with, I need to take care of myself. So. Very, very good point. Rich, we're in the home stretch as far as our interview time here. And I know you've just got a wealth of material sitting right here at your fingertips. Any other really key concepts that you feel we'd be negligent not to mention before we close out our dialogue. Sure. So how do we begin mm -hmm. uh, when we want to make a change in our exercise, our physical exercise, or in our giving patterns and our service to others? Mm -hmm. Giving becomes easier with practice and with time. Okay. And what is hard at first with exercise, for example, what I did was I downloaded a C25K app on my phone couch to five kilometers okay. because I realized I didn't okay. have the stamina to help people like I really wanted to. Uh -huh. So I started just a little bit, just walking for five minutes and running for 30 seconds type thing. Wow. And okay. it builds you up. You know, if you can't afford a trainer, you know, you can get an app like that uh -huh. and just, you have to trust that it's the best thing. It's the right thing. Hmm. And just 
do it because your life depends upon your activity. Activity is a very condition of life. And the same thing with service. People that just volunteered four hours a week for a year were 40% less likely than non-volunteers to have developed hypertension four years later according to the journal Psychology and Aging in 2013. Wow. Just four hours helping other people. It doesn't have to be uh, consecutive hours. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just making it a principle of when you're going through your day, looking for someone that's a little discouraged, giving them a smile, helping someone with something, giving a donation to some worthy charity, um, somehow helping, starting out incrementally, and you will develop a love for that runner's high and that helper's high where you will not be torn away from that. You'll realize that that's a stability in your life. This is powerful stuff. Jill, uh, any final thoughts from you as we wind up? That's a very nice summation, actually. It's pretty hard to top that you start out in small steps. The most important thing is to start. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do big. You don't have to look at it forever. But you just start out with little steps, and then you'll gradually get more and more, and you'll build up momentum. Yes. Powerful stuff. We've got to close out this segment. We do have one final segment coming up, but I have to say goodbye to Dr. Jill Carlson. Thank you so much, Jill. And I know you've got to go too, Rich. Thank you for both staying by. Uh, Success to you as you continue to try to help people and communities have optimal health. Don't you run away. Those of you listening in on American Indian Living, we've got one final segment, another great guest that you won't want to miss. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're winding up a program from the venue of the Convention Center in Houston, Texas. I've got another great guest with me sitting across from me, Rodney Bowes. He's the Vice President of Health Education Resources. Rodney, it's great to have you with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. While we've been here in Houston, Rodney, I've been speaking with a number of folks who are doing a variety of health screenings, health expos, and some of them have talked about different stations that they've got. I've seen some of these expos, and I understand a lot of them are using resources that your team has developed. Is that correct? I would hope so, yeah, Um, with health education resources, and that is our main purpose is providing organizations and ministries and different people who are interested in community health outreach with all the resources that they need to do high-quality community health education programs. This is tremendous. So let's talk to to some of the folks who are tuning in today. We've got tribal health uh, practitioners. We've got individuals, maybe they're sitting on a tribal council. We have other people who may be interested in health needs in their community. Here's the question. Specifically, what resources do you provide that can help them in those tasks? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So we have several things that are specifically designed to be attractive to the public and make people want to learn more about their health. We have some expo banners. They're retractable banners that you know are very easy to carry and move around, very high quality. We've had graphic designers working on them for hours and hours. So we have those banners. That's kind of the background of what we have. Now, I have to confess... I have used those banners. I have no ownership interest or financial interest, if any of my listeners are wondering. But I've used those banners in health screening events. They're, they really are simple to work with. I mean, you just – and they're very lightweight, aren't yes. they? How, how much does one of them weigh? Do you know? Yeah, it's about six pounds, six oh, or seven pounds. Okay. Yeah. So you can cart these around real easily. Super easy. Yeah. The ones I have, they're in a little black case. Yeah, think, that's right. Zippered case. Zippered black case and then aluminum inside. And you just pull them right out and you attach it and – as long as the wind isn't blowing too strong, okay. they're perfect for indoor venues. Okay. For outdoor, we just have vinyl banners that you can put on any wall with grommets or whatever. Okay. Whatever your need is. So what specific banners do you have? I'm thinking of ones that I have. I think Definitely. we had some on nutrition and exercise. Yeah, we have nutrition, uh-huh. exercise, water, uh-huh. sunshine, temperance, or healthy lifestyle, Okay. air, rest, and trust. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, if someone is listening and they want to do a health screening, what we did in our venues where, where I worked with them is we would purchase these uh, banners that you have. Right. We'd set them up, and we would do this called the step test. We're che- yes. checking their fitness. That's we had right. exercise. We bring that banner up. That's We've got exactly a colorful. Right. I think the one that I remember, there was a woman exercising or something on there. I don't know if it's... We have two different varieties depending on what uh, specific design that an individual likes. Uh-huh. One of them has a lot of faces on it and okay. it's people exercising. And uh-huh. one is more illustrative using objects that are not people. 
So, I for see. example, nutrition, instead of a person eating a salad or something like the one set of banners, the other one is with a bowl of fruit. Okay. So it depends on what your specific desire is. We have those two sets, and then we have a whole set for kids also. Oh, you do? Yeah. Good deal. So I'm thinking in Indian country, I'm assuming that you don't have banners that have Native American uh, individuals depicted. Is that true? We actually do have some pictures. We have kind of a multicultural set, and we have a big uh, library of images, and we can actually custom print oh, depending really? on what people might like to have. Now, I didn't like know this. Have. I just yeah. thought we were buying something out of a catalog. No, no. We have 40 different languages, and there is some customization that we can do wow. for banners. Especially, you know, uh, we don't have that all in stock, so it wouldn't be like right ready as soon as possible but, but if, if uh-huh. someone's making plans for a future thing we can put it on our order from our supplier wow yeah now i'm going to ask a, another question what about tribal languages if someone said you know could you do something in navajo do you have that capacity all we need is we'll give someone the english text it's only a couple of pages uh-huh. and if they translate it we'll do the design and we'll put it together oh, okay we can do any language Wow. Yeah, we've done uh, some of the more challenging Chinese, Arabic is ready, and okay. several other languages. So you can get all the other characters. You yeah. can get Navajo. Wow. That's yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I, I think Google has, uh, has, has capability all, huh? for all kinds of stuff. So this is exciting. So basically anyone who wants to do a health event and wants to have some you know, something easy just to set up quickly. So you've, That's right. You've got something there that gives kind of a nice... Uh, background and introduction it to gives what you're the doing. background and not only that but we also we have a manual that takes people through the whole plan i mean it's just an idea uh-huh. it gives people an idea if they have a lot of health professionals a few health professionals or just people who maybe haven't been trained but have a burden to share health information uh-huh. everyone can do it that is tremendous it doesn't you don't have to you know be a genius you're reminding together. me of what we did when we uh, did these health screenings, and I think we actually used the free online manual that you have. Yes. And you have a layout on there. Do I remember right? There is a layout. We tell people, you know, put it in this order and uh-huh. at the nutrition station. Not only do we tell people, but in our resource kit, if someone gets an entire kit that we have, mm-hmm. they'll get everything they need, a body fat scale with the BMI calculator, uh-huh. and they'll get the idea for the step test. Okay. People can buy that at Walmart or, you know, right, whatever right. is close by. Uh-huh. But the peak flow meter is there. For lung function for testing. For lung function uh-huh. testing and a DVD for, to train people on how to do a nice massage. Really? Yeah. Okay. E- everything is in, in the kit. And not only that, but we've just recently put together handouts uh, because a lot of people – say do you have that written down you uh-huh, know uh-huh. so we have follow-up handouts there are 20 different topics nice. that we have in just simple you know half sheet of paper of full mm-hmm. color um and those are really nice people really appreciate wow those. that's tremendous. 20 different topics so before we get uh, into some more specifics of what you offer i think you've already shared enough that a lot of people are interested in what health education resources has to offer how does someone actually find you guys is it is the web the easiest way to do it the web is a great way you know and so what is your website it's health expo 
Resources.com. Okay, let me make sure I get this. I want to write it down because stations will call us, or actually call state people will call stations that are airing the show, and we get information out to every station that airs our programming. That's fantastic. And what they'll do is they'll have this right in front of them. Okay, so it's health health expo resources. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Okay. Healthexporesources.com. That's right. That's exactly and right. And if I go onto the website, healthexporesources.com, what, what is going to pop up when I open things well, up? Well, the first thing is actually going to be our landing page, as you could say. And mm-hmm. it's basically a link to some of our major products okay. uh, directly on our store. Okay. And we it- have a little blog there, but it's mainly our store. And uh-huh. we've, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for people to navigate and to find the products that they want and just to check out online. They can always call us as well. Oh, you have a phone number? Yeah, we have an 800 number. And what is it's that? It's actually 844-291-6333. Okay, so I've got toll-free 844-291-6333. Six, three, three, three. Three threes. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly and right. And that's Health Expo Resources. HealthExpoResources.com. Okay. Yep. That's perfect. Yep. So what else do you have beside the banners? Well, you know, we don't want just to give people a little bit of education and leave them hanging. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a way to follow up with people. We have 50 illustrated PowerPoint presentations oh, wow. on a lot of different topics. Uh-huh. And we've made one series, one part of the series is for Western-related uh, diseases. Uh-huh. And one of them is, we do a lot of international work, and it's called the Village Series. Oh, okay. And so that one is for developing countries around the world. So anybody can buy these resources, give a, a talk at a, at, a, at a health event? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Wow. We've had doctors and you know health professionals put together the talks for us. And uh-huh. They're fully scripted. Nice. So anyone can just get these talks and get ready to go. This is great. Rodney, believe it or not, our time has slipped away from us. I see it has. Yeah. One more time, the website and the phone number. Sure. It's healthexporesources.com. And the phone number is 844-291-6333. Okay, so if you didn't get that, toll-free number 844-291-6333. We do have to run, but before we go, let me thank you first, Rodney, for uh, winding up this uh, show for us. Well, thank you very much for the time. I really do appreciate it. Well, I want to encourage you, those who've been with us from the top of the hour, we can do practical things that can make a difference. Giving back, helping people, one of the ways to do it, great conclusion, have a health event in your own community. Resources all available at places like healthexporesources.com. I'm Dr. DeRose. We do have to run. For all of us at American Indian Living, as always, I'm wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.